uh, it's pretty much it's afternoon here so good afternoon from uh, the uk uh, and i know it's evening probably uh, the in the land of the rising sun so good evening to you and uh, i think it's uh, it's drinking time for both of us me for for a, from a nice afternoon uh, actually it's a warm nice bright day here in in the uk so it's nice time for a beer and i what i've chosen as my poison if you want to call it that it's nothing like poison it's the carlsberg so i have a couple of carlsberg with me and they're chilling in the fridge right now but i'm i'm thinking of opening up on carlsberg uh at the outset let me just take a minute to set the framework and also to thank you for th- uh, doing this because i think it's it's a it's a great exercise i know we talk a lot uh, we talk and discuss various things at various points and usually it's ad hoc conversations which uh, we kind of bounce ideas and and various stuff off each other uh, and i think it's great that we can continue this discussion in a in a pod type format i do believe uh, your idea in terms of up and down kind of clips might make even better sense once we stitch it into our permit room the way that uh, it was conceived in session 0 which will be uploaded first uh will give pretty much an idea in terms of where we're going with this but as an outline i think the permit room is is a room where we would sit we would relax and we would discuss things the way we would uh, pretty much where we all started and that is pretty much the 1990s at least for me it was the 1990s when i started to understand the joys that alcohol would bring to my life <laughs> and uh, yeah and after that Uh, it has not stopped i have cut it down seriously but uh, you know it's always been there lots to discuss lots to talk about i think um, there's a massive uh, experience between the two of us it's almost going to be a century of experience if you no no actually that's a little less it's about uh, 30 years 30 into 2 which is about 60 years of experience which to me is tremendous 60 years of experience across different parts of the globe uh starting with you obviously you know uk i mean sorry the us middle east china japan blah wow from my perspective uh, you know obviously there is india there is uh there is china there is uk and uh, yeah massive experiences across the advertising marketing space and uh, that's something that we should try and talk to not that i want to make it boring and be only about marketing but uh, pretty much stuff that we need to talk about and discuss our perspectives on what's really going around so yeah over to you while i uh, while i'm handing this over to you i'm going to head in and bring my beer out so that i can crack it open in my next little clip so cheers man hey al cheers man Ah, uh, one of the nicest sounds. So you're drinking beer, Carlsberg. Good choice. It's a really good beer. Nice, good lager. Can't go wrong on a Saturday afternoon with a Carlsberg, especially if it's chilled. I hope you've chilled your beers. So here in the land of the rising sun, where I am today. for those who don't know the land of the rising sun is uh, japan so it's where the sun rises on planet earth 
it's one of the first well it's the first major uh country well maybe new zealand actually is before i think uh, in terms of latitude new zealand probably catches the first rays of the sun first uh, before japan does but i'm not too sure somebody google that but anyway traditionally japan is called the land of the rising sun because it's in the pacific ocean and uh, it's uh, as close to the international date line as one can get pretty much without being a tiny little island in the uh, central pacific ocean so catching the first rays of the sun that's where the phrase comes from and that's where i am i am in japan uh, it's nice to be here and uh, japan is uh, quiet tranquil orderly uh, extremely beautiful and uh, extremely enjoyable on pretty much every level it is truly a pleasure and i'm very fortunate um so here there's no carlsberg but in the spirit of drinking beer because i am in the mood for a beer too i think it's something to do with the uh, summer coming on but uh, not that it's hot here as yet um here it's uh, today has been a cool day it's a bit overcast with a little uh, light showers where i am and uh, so it's actually uh, about 17 degrees celsius so that's cold right from indian standards from compared to bombay it's like freezing so that's i uh, might as well be in the arctic uh compared to any sort of uh, weather phenomenon that takes place in amchi mumbai but uh, yeah that's uh, that's japan for you it's uh, it's cool at this time of the year still but it's going to get hot soon as the summer approaches fast uh, towards the end of june and uh, but here the beer of choice happens to be a sapporo so sapporo is a an island one of the four home islands as they are called of japan japan has four big islands uh, i happen to be on an island called kyushu which is the southwesterly island the su- southernmost island of the four big islands and then there's a smaller island east of here called shikoku largely rural people just um, farming as it is here in kyushu a lot of farmland a lot of rice tea uh, grown here and other stuff as well uh, corn wheat lot of vegetables um also good meat here so there's a cattle uh, industry that uh, you know poultry and different sorts of meats very fresh good eggs here as well um but uh, yeah anyway back to sapporo so sapporo is an island is the northernmost island of japan um very close to the uh, easternmost part of russia you know what we think of as siberia so right up there it's very cold sapporo is known for its skiing people go there to ski and uh, but it also is the manufacturer there's a brewery in sapporo called sapporo um they weren't very creative in the naming but it's a damn good beer and i've just cracked it and with that i'm going to have a drink so cheers
very tasty very tasty Al, I mean to ask very important question. How do you drink your beer? I'm going to take a guess. You're a man who uses a glass. So you're pouring your beer into a glass, hopefully tilted at a 45 degree angle with just a little foam or head as we call it. Am I right or wrong? Wow, Sapporo, uh, both the beer and the place sound uh, really great. Uh, I'm also on an island. I'm on the island uh, which makes up the United Kingdom. Actually, United Kingdom is two islands. So, uh, yeah, I'm on the mainland, which is Britain, Scotland and Wales. Uh, I'm closer to Birmingham, which makes me Midland and West Midland, so to speak. Uh, pretty much I don't have... I mean, UK is, is fabulous for multiple things. Obviously, it has the green uh, cultivatable rich land where the Vikings first discovered and then invaded uh, Britain long ago. I got fascinated with that series. I mean, coming from uh, coming from a colony uh, to actually know that uh, the colonist was invaded twice, first by the Vikings and then by the Romans, which to me is, uh, is a completely crazy thing. I, I visited a small place here called Bath, which again was built by the Romans in 73 AD. And uh, a little bit about, if you go in there, it's, it gives you a little bit about what the Romans did at that point in time. One of their greatest exports was Catholicism and was Jesus Christ. And uh, that converted uh, what was a multi-thesis society into an omni-thesis society. And they're now very, very staunch followers of Christ. Obviously, uh, you know, Henry VIII uh, did away with the Catholic Church and created and uh, was a Protestant of sorts, had uh, multiple uh, wars in the Catholic uh, kind of thing, Ireland being one of them, and it went on right till 1995 or so, uh, where Britain and Ireland fought over Protestants versus uh, the Catholics there. And Northern Ireland was taken over, which is a, which is a higher percentage of Protestants. Uh, that, but anyway, that's a little bit of history. I don't think anybody is really interested. But uh, yeah, I'm up. I'm up with my Carlsberg. I've cracked it open. Carlsberg has a deadly history as well. I just visited Denmark, which was about uh, two and a half, three months ago, and uh, Carlsberg is the man that owns uh, pretty much Denmark, and not not Denmark, Copenhagen. So he, he's got a little uh, bit, he's built a mermaid statue and placed that around, which is now a kind of thing that everybody, any tourist goes to see. I thought it was a bit lame. But anyway, since I was a tourist, I went there, I was dragged there almost, went there in the freezing cold and saw this little mermaid doing absolutely nothing. Uh, you know, blah. Okay, all right. <laughs> so anyway, I'm up, I'm up for my Carlsberg. I'm going to have a bit of a sip so that we get in the mood and then we can talk about various things uh, pretty much i think uh from my perspective i'd like to just understand and basically talk a little bit about where it all started for the both of us both in two in two forms one obviously we are both 19s we are the 70s children when i say 70s i'm talking about the the decade of the 70s both of us were born in the 70s from and both of us born in india uh 
a crazy time from an indian perspective lots of history during that time and i just want to not very very briefly touch upon because you know both you and me were extremely young uh, i think <laughs> uh, pretty much i don't think we under, we really uh, remember a lot but the fact of the matter is man we know that a lot happened during that time and it was uh, pretty much a defining uh, defining decade for us in india for various reasons and i think that's something that we could start talking about we would also like to talk about after that we'll move into you know where we met and stuff like that and and what we were doing at that point in time and what our achievements or our learnings pretty much from that period because it was uh, it was a period where we were in the same place at the same time and we met uh, only after 30 years of our both being on this freaking planet so it's uh, something that we should talk about i think it'll be fun So cheers man I'm I'm having my soup now That's fabulous man the West Midlands sounds so nice I'm sure it is How is it all going with Brexit We have to talk about that at some point I'd love your views on Brexit But before we get too political in the most modern sense of the word Yes, Bath. I have not been there, but I've heard it's a fabulous town. And um I have a good friend of mine who's Scottish and I worked with him in an agency a long time ago. Um and he happens to be living in Bath now. Um he is from Edinburgh, another beautiful town. But um he um he's moved down to bath and he's a creative director at an agency there sounds like a really good agency not a networked agency a boutique um fabulous little town from everything i've read about it and yeah speaking of the history interesting talking about how things get named um sapporo this beer is going down dambel bath got its name you kind of referred to it from the romans guess why because the romans were big into baths they used to have public baths bath houses um in the towns that they uh, built all over europe and uh, other parts of the world and uh, yeah so that's how it got its name because it was uh, i guess there were a few big bath houses in bath kya baat hai so dude totally man we have to talk about the origin story because it is um, where it all began for you and me and um, yeah the i think there are two stories but the first one is birth and uh, that's the true origin story so I happen to have been born in Bombay very lovely city in the 1970s after that has been gone to shit become down downgraded to from lovely to something else but um yeah when I was born in the 70s and just to clarify I'm not in my 70s we were born in the 70s the 1970s so we're not that old starting to get old i must say but uh, yeah we can still pretend for 
couple more years at least um yeah it was a lovely place i don't have too many memories to be honest um not just of the 70s the 80s are patchy the 90s are very very vague 2000s went like a blur and uh, last decade also kind of not too many memories the reasons changed the 70s i don't remember too much of because i was really small my brain was still developing the 80s was all about school and you know you're trying to forget the 90s yes we know what happened we discovered permit rooms and thanks to that don't remember much and 2000s continuation and uh, the rest is history but um, it was a good time to be in uh, in bombay i must say beautiful city beautiful little place i was born in a little hamlet called bandra uh, which is not so little anymore and it's definitely not a hamlet um it's uh, something else but it still has its charms and uh, bandra in those days was really nice i remember uh, in front of our building on the road in front of our building um a guy used to come with a horse and you could give him 2 rupees and he used to take you on his horse it was a horse or a pony for a ride you know just in the neighborhood like down the street and come back and um, can you imagine that today uh no anyway um, horses on the streets it's too traumatic for those creatures so um, but yeah those were the good days when uh, bombay was still a pleasant place to live and uh, so good memories as a kid and uh, i gather you grew up pretty close by so where exactly were you uh, situated in the 70s बात तो बिल्कुल सही है बॉस सो या डिट इट डिट इट कॉर फ्रॉम द बात इनफैक्ट बात टाउन आई विजिटेड द एंड देर इज अ वॉक थ्रू वन ऑफ द बाथ्स दैट दे हैड व्हिच इज अ कलेक्टिव बाथ ह्यूज प्लेस एवरीबडी यूज्ड टू गेट इनटू दैट लवली पूल व्हाट वी वुड हैव कॉल्ड अ स्विमिंग पूल नाउ वाज एक्चुअली अ बेथिंग पूल वेयर एवरीबडी वुड स्टेप इन एंड स्टफ लाइक दैट देयर इज अ लॉट ऑफ हिस्ट्री इन टर्म्स ऑफ द फर्स्ट रोमन्स दैट अराइव्ड a few uh, you know artifacts in terms of all the stuff that they used uh, at that point in time when the romans first arrived in uh, in the uk they were still uh, multithesist so there were multiple gods the sun god and xyz all of that represented in the uh, in the bath itself so which i found uh, pretty pretty uh, pretty cool uh, it was a fun time the second thing that you did touch upon which i i must talk about which is edinburgh edinburgh uh, is an- another absolutely crazy city man so when uh, and both of us coming from uh, a creative background in terms of that has been our life creative management creativity writing blah edinburgh is is a is a is the center of creativity pretty much the way i i went i when i went, when i visited edinburgh i visited to, visited it twice uh, they have a festival called the fringe 
and fringe is basically uh, a couple of streets full of events all creative events across dance music uh, design every single piece of the puzzle is in there and it it runs for a week so uh, absolute fun man it's a it's a fun uh, fun place to be scotland and england have had their history in terms of uh, you know not getting along in fact uh, you know what i was just listening to another discussion uh, the caribbean was part of england before scotland which i which i found fucking ridiculous because uh, you know in the 19, in the 1600s uh, the caribbean which is the where is this man from yaar uh, shit anyway so the caribbean islands of a couple of them were part of the british empire before scotland actually came into the part of the uk so the scots actually if you call if you if you mistakenly call a scotsman a britisher he'll be pissed he'll be pissed he'll stop i was uh, talking to another guy who was talking to me recently he didn't realize indian guy he didn't realize that he had a scottish uh, guide who was taking him around uh, scotland and he he talked about him saying hey man you british people and that guy stopped what he was doing and took it upon himself to to say hey man we are not a british a britisher and uh, you know he felt uh, terrible about it because he fi- finally understood that uh, you know th- there is a huge uh, distaste between the two of them but anyway i think everybody in this small little island is up against each other for various reasons they've got history man they've got history they've got war they've got crap uh, and it all happened on a small little thing that is that will fit in just one of our states maharashtra would gobble it up and you wouldn't hear of england uh, again so pretty much man uh, lots of history in a small island on the uh, brexit kind of question dude uh yeah that's a big thing uh my two cents and i'm not going to delve too much into it because i could talk about it for possibly a couple of hours but two cents number one the greatest project economic project which is the european union uh our dear friends choose to exit based on pure pride uh i think a, a, an absolutely brilliant campaign that was run and uh, whenever you get the time actually look up netflix for a film called brexit uh it'll tell you the campaign that was run and how it was run based on what insight and how even the line line was written uh pretty much it it'll blow your mind being an advertising guy uh it'll blow your mind they tapped into a sentiment they tapped into a sentiment of an aging audience they tapped into a sentiment of Uh, the people that remember great britain great in quotes in in quotes uh, and when it was that they do remember the commonwealth in fact they feel closer to the commonwealth than they do to europe even though they're part of the same continent and then they rejected it because they suddenly they were told that they didn't have any control and that campaign was absolutely brilliant if any advertising guy needs to learn something they should learn from that particular campaign again another peg which again we should talk about because the world of advertising is changing they pretty much used uh social media tremendously well every one of us have heard of the uh, have heard of cambridge analytica it was first done uh, to be able to create the brexit uh, they actually used facebook profiles to deliver it and that tells you the power of facebook 
It also tells you the, the amount of data that you have voluntarily given up to uh, Mr. Zuckerberg, who sits there and laughs all the way to the bank. Uh, so pretty much your privacy is no privacy anymore. You're, you're out, you're exposed, and pretty much anybody can manipulate the fuck out of you. Uh, and that, to me, is what Brexit really is. The manipulation of a bunch of people that... Uh, for the fucking life of me, they don't even realize that they've been manipulated, man. That's sad. Uh, but broadly, Brexit is a sad thing. Economically, it's a sad thing. Uh, from a from a human perspective, it's a bad thing because I believe Europe, out of all continents, is the most progressive in terms of its ability to think as a as a planet rather than think as a small little speck on the planet, which most of us think. We, we think national, they think united world. Uh, so therefore, uh, you know, it's, it's broader thought processes, broader economic constructs. Uh, it, it needs each one of these discussions need a deep dive and a deep dive conversation on because uh, it's tremendous. And uh, the Brexit thing is, is saddened to me because I do understand the construct of why it was started, what it has done, and what will happen post-Brexit, which a lot of people are little... Uh, uncertain about nobody really feels it right now they're saying hey man nothing has changed blah 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 you're still not out of the european union and you still haven't faced the the deterioration in terms of your imports the prices in terms of the inflation that you will go through and the struggle that you will have on basic stuff in terms of services which the european union provided at a very very affordable cost to all your aging population so to me that sums it up in a nutshell man disaster Sorry, it happened. Yeah, that one guy, travel guy, what's his name? God, need Google. Um, wrote a book called Notes from a Small Island. I think that was the name of the book. But it could be Notes from a Big Island. No, doesn't sound right. But anyway, yeah, it's a tiny place. Packed its punch in modern history. Um you know, uh, outsized uh, in terms of influence, the, uh, the Great Britain and United Kingdom. I'll tell you one thing, though, very confusing. To this day, I am bloody confused about the naming convention of that small little shitty place. What is it about? So there's Great Britain. First of all, great, I think, might be an exaggeration, but anyway... Um, so Britain, then there's the United Kingdom, then there's England, then there's Wales, then there's Ireland, and of course Ireland, as you said, is now Northern Ireland, and then there's Ireland, and then there's Scotland, and now you're saying that Scotland is not part of Britain? Bloody hell, that's news to me. I'm definitely looking up that video. So it's called Brexit Documentary. And it's on YouTube. Okay, that's right up there on the on the viewing list. Who needs Netflix when YouTube has it all? That is absolutely fascinating, Al. So Brexit, um, it sounds like it's kind of the case study for media manipulation based on data-driven insight, uh, big data-driven insight, I should say. So, wow, 
so all brands can learn that's uh, the first thing that pops into my head guess to be once an ad man always an ad man but uh, yeah i think that's kind of the trend now right governments and uh, and uh, political parties using uh, you know crunching a lot of data around consumer sentiment and uh, based on all the data that they are collecting and uh, and yeah cambridge analytica as you said and then of course uh, then using it to target uh, vulnerable and misinformed uh, populace to vote in a certain way using compliant platforms like facebook uh, etc uh, to do their bidding and to vote against their own interests in the case of brexit let's see is there another example let me rack my brain so yep scotland was never part of britain it is part of the united kingdom so britain is a small part of the island i mean not a small part it's a larger part of the island scotland is another part of the island and wales is another part of the island the second island is the the, the it was ireland I mean, I know Ireland and Ireland, but Ireland is uh, broken now into the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland is part of the United Kingdom. The Republic of Ireland is part of the EU, and they will remain part of the EU. Uh, they had one referendum before, which they were almost out of the EU, but uh, then they opted in again. So uh, they are still part of the EU. They will be part of the EU. Uh, Northern Ireland was the troubled part where uh, the 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 christians were divided the protestants which were the the imports almost the imports really across the pond uh the, they came in and they were part of the entire island the rest of the island is all catholic which is the roman influence uh now there was a huge uh, war between the two i mean it's a civil war almost and then the island was split and economically and militarily uh britain had taken over that part of the island as well which is the northern part uh now they had a border in place which separated the island itself into northern ireland and the republic now they did away with that with the united i mean sorry with the entry into the european union now unfortunately because now the island firstly uh, the entire island which is the northern ireland part voted to stay with europe uh but they were overshadowed because britain wanted to get out wales wanted to get out scotland wanted overwhelmingly wanted to stay with the european union so there is a divide now a divided house in the united kingdom so a split probably in uh, the next 4 3-4 years will be of the united kingdom getting split because there are a couple of parts that would want to uh, one reunify the island of ireland and the second one which is scotland which wants to get back to the european union might split up the united kingdom now i know that's a mouthful and i've said quite a bit but anyway it's a lot to talk about man uh, and a lot of history the 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 only thing that i want to leave you with is that man a small place uh, like britain uh, took over the entire world man you and me are talking in english because they took over the world and they exported their culture their language uh pretty much everything their value systems and we are a kind of product of the same uh and that i would call great i mean i would i have to give it up to to them and i don't mind that little boast it's a bit of a boast to call yourself great britain nobody puts a 
<laughs> a little adjective before your name but anyway the fact of the matter is hats off to them man in terms of what they did when they did it uh there were lots of other colonists i don't think anybody left the mark the way that this left the mark britain left the mark the commonwealth still exists and uh, it's it's extremely large uh and they believe that after they get out of the european union they will bring the commonwealth back together and therefore you know there's this hope that india will benefit from the split of uh, uh england from the rest of europe so then again fingers crossed for india uh i fingers crossed for also britain because they i don't think the the, the general public actually knows what they opted for they do know that they have their ego back at least they think they have their ego back uh but we'll have to wait and see man my question really is uh, you know i want to talk i want to toss this back across the i mean it's across the bloody huge continent of euro asia to japan uh you're in a country now which is a kind of mellow version of what they were in the 40s 30s and 40s it was a giant nation man they actually beat russia at that time they actually conquered uh china they went down and they took over parts of parts of asia they went during the world war they almost i mean they came into india man from the east so a great nation a great little island again smaller island extremely powerful uh at some point in time i would have to uh, you know i'd have to categorize them as absolute maniacal with their bloody kamikaze bullshit so difficult to beat difficult to pin down difficult to smash in terms of their intent uh difficult to uh, you know talk i mean uh, have a conversation without nationalism going right up front and uh, right up through the roof so therefore what's your take man what is it like now living in japan what's the scene what's the relationship with china how's it going so al sounds to me like you are a remain guy you did not vote to leave or if you voted which i don't think you did but um, that was not your camp you sat with the remain people so in other words all the right thinking uh, young people of great britain or united kingdom or whoever the hell voted and uh, unfortunately you lost it is sad in the sense that uh, now with covid another complication in terms of how they deal but uh, that's another story hold on hold on al this is way way too fucking complicated for such a small island or technically two islands um i get it now with island yeah too close to island island i have an interesting story about island which i'll tell you later but uh, yeah it's crazy so you're telling me is what you are saying that thanks to brexit or probably even before brexit great britain is not great and united kingdom is not united what the hell so is manchester united still united <laughs> man dude manchester united is definitely united uh that's the only thing united in fact uh, talking about football and good you tossed it into a football because we're getting highly political but uh, you know i was talking to a guy a uk resident i mean a uk a guy who's a citizen here 
and uh, so he said uh, so which club are you so i said i don't really know so he said uh, man you i mean he knows my family so he said so you actually you should be liverpool so i said uh, no i'm i actually manchester united i know a lot of and therefore i might be manchester united so he said no 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 you should be liverpool so i said what what do you mean you should be liverpool and then he says man your father was a liverpool supporter and therefore in this country uh, you need to be a supporter of what uh, club your father supported so I, <laughs> so i said oh shit it's like religion man in this country football is a religion so uh, now i'm a liverpool supporter and now i'm very happy to be because they're right on top of the league they're kicking some serious ass uh, manchester united was a king for i think liverpool was the king till a point then manchester united through because of uh, alec ferguson actually had a run for about 10 to 12 years uh, they ruled the roost and that's when they became the most talked about club and you, the whole of india is now a, a manchester united fan unfortunately they've fallen to six on the table and suddenly everybody is a little shaky and i'm very proud to be a liverpool supporter because my father was a liverpool supporter liverpool was extremely strong before manchester united took, took over from them so now pretty much that's the little bit of uh, chavanni that i call it the chavanni on the 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 whole culture of football in this country there was another guy that i also know in in a business construct ex indian guy that works here in the uk so i was just talking to him chatting so i was talking about the culture he said man dude if you want to really succeed in the uk understand football understand the club understand the players take a side and you will never be out of conversation in your business meetings and i was like fuck man that's a tip worth going for uh yeah pretty much uh, that's my learning my little two cents on this uh, football bit and uh, yeah it's a small little country lots of problems it has always had lots of problems but i think they've grown and they are stronger because of it and uh, i did say that i actually believe that it is they they deserve that little adjective that they have before their name it is great britain man there's something great about this place in terms of just what they they stand for what they believe in how they come together how they uh, how they think what they want to export and what they believe needs to be exported so therefore great man what the hell who am i to get and who am i to have a point of view on uh, a great place that is calling it uh, is has decided to call itself great <laughs> so let, let them be let them be proud about what they do and yeah i am a i am a or leave i am mean, sorry i am a i am a remain guy so i am yeah a little pissed about that i i love uh, i i feel for the culture i feel for the fact that they have their pride i don't want them to lose that but i don't want them to lose uh, what was a great economic construct and gaining from that which i think they're going to lose now bloody hell man japan yes it is truly another great um uh civilization and society and uh, one with um ancient roots in history uh very fascinating place damn fascinating um i would say i would even say more fascinating than that little britain but uh, anyway it just depends on one's perspective but um you know so from what i know about japanese history and i should caveat that by saying i don't know much as yet 
I am planning on reading up, but it is a long history. So it depends where you start and, uh, you know, which part of history you want to cover first. So I'm actually, the part that I'm covering is individuals in Japanese history um, in maybe 300 years ago. So um, in kind of a, you know, certain period. Uh, and then I also read about uh, Japanese history from a, um, a point of view of literature and Japanese literature, which was a flourishing um, art form and a force to be reckoned with as Japan uh, created its own, uh, you know, civilization distinct from China and uh, very distinct, even though it borrowed the language. So Japanese is based on Chinese, the the script, uh, but then they changed it and they made it their own. And then, of course, a great uh, literature flourished, including uh, great poets who wrote, uh, you know, beautiful poetry. A lot of it flourished within religion um, so and spirituality. So in uh, Japanese uh, Buddhism, which of course was a made-in-India thing that uh, we exported in the days when we used to export things. We exported a lot of great things in terms of uh, spiritualism uh, to all parts of the world. Unfortunately, we could not charge any GST on that. <laughs> so that's one of the pities of uh, exporting only religion and nothing else. Uh, but uh, anyway, going back to yeah, Zen Buddhism, so there's beautiful poetry, you know, which uh, a lot of it is translated now into English. So these uh, amazing uh, uh, poems, a lot of them about nature. So I enjoy reading that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, coming back to uh, more recent Japanese history from last century, you know, uh, what I know is pretty much what you know, that it became a very militaristic uh, uh, society at one point. Excuse me, I think in the 1930s probably, or maybe a little earlier than that. Fascinating, fascinating place, man. I, I did vis visit Japan when I was a child. Unfortunately, too young. It was in the 70s. Uh, so bloody hell, I, it's all a bit, a bit of a blur. I have little flashes that happen every now and then if somebody says Japan. But pretty much something that I want to do, I, I pretty much wanted to take a boat when I was in Beijing, when we met and we'll talk about that next. I wanted to take a boat and get there, uh, but never did. So yeah, Japan's on my cards, man. I'm going to come and visit you in your little outhouse in the hills. And you should tell us a little bit about that too. I do think a lot of it was to do uh, was a response to uh, the expansion of, you know, colonization as it happened in Europe uh, and European powers going into Africa and Asia and uh, coming close to Japan. I mean, don't forget that the Europeans, uh, including the Brits, ended up in China too. Everybody wanted a piece of everything, Hong Kong, China, Singapore. So, you know, and then the Japanese came out in their own fashion, developed a very strong naval power in the Pacific. And then, of course, America wanted, had its own aspirations to become a great power. So this is all set in the context of the world wars. And uh, we all know the tragedy that unfolded. But yeah, you're right. The Japanese, they ended up uh, in Burma. And uh, coming very, uh, you know, right to our 
modern borders in fact uh, subhash chandra bose uh, made a pact with the japanese at some point uh, i believe um and uh, he was kind of you know keen on getting them in as a way to kind of uh, uh, dislodge the brits and the british raj but um, yeah anyway we we know what happened with the war tragedy all around and of course not too far from where i am is where the atomic bombs were dropped so nagasaki is uh, close by it's on the island that i am on kyushu island and uh, hiroshima is um, close by as well so so it's a constant reminder to all japanese and that was the end of you know a great tragedy of the second world war um and uh, you know people only think about the that war and uh, in terms of hiroshima and nagasaki and the atom bombs being dropped in japan but actually there was tremendous devastation in the one or two years before the bombs were dropped as the united states the army uh, basically carpet bombed most of japan for a good part of a year and uh, kind of completely flattened a lot of japan's industry and civilian society so tokyo was essentially there was no building standing uh, you know but we of course we we grew up you know learning about hiroshima and nagasaki so with that you know then japan signed a very humiliating peace pact with the Uni- united states and um, as did the germans after world war 1 and then also after world war 2 you know basically they had to demilitarize so germany being another expansionist power that uh, you know thought it could colonize the world um by the way i'm uh, i i'm not a great fan of uh, any colonial power so you know i think that's one thing great about india we never expand we never had you know conquering sort of ambitions we were very happy where we were and uh, that's something there's something to be said about that in the context of living in a peaceful world so um but anyway uh, the after the war yeah japan had to demilitarize and i think they are still living in that shadow so it became a very peaceful place so it's actually a very very peaceful society even today very very low crime rate um and uh, you know one of the safest places in the world to live um so you don't um, you don't worry and um, you know there are different factors for why that is a lot of it has to do with uh, the way the society is it's uh, very homogenous um so you know everybody they speak one language pretty much although you'd be fascinated to know that there are a lot of dialects in japan so here on kyushu in fact in the part of kyushu island where i live they they speak a certain dialect which if, up in tokyo they can't understand it's japanese but it's completely different i guess it's like hindi you know in different parts of india my little outhouse how dare you that makes it sound like a bloody toilet by the way i'll i'm glad that you didn't take a boat because um, you know 
I don't know if that's the easiest way to get from China to Japan. You could have probably taken a plane. Uh, today, probably boat would be better. I'm going to get another beer. Uh, yep, man, I'm going to get my another beer too. Just after this particular one, uh, two couple of points on a couple of points on this. Number one, uh, you know, obviously everything has been painted by the victor, and therefore I feel bad for the vanquished. Even though, uh, pretty much some of the stuff that they did were, again, uh, the way it was painted, pretty horrific. So uh, one, I feel a little bad because uh, you know there were possibly things that the the victors did that provoked it, and we don't we won't really hear of that. It'll always be painted in a, in a very uh, nice way so that we are all sanitized. Yes, growing up we only heard of Hiroshima, Hiroshima, Nagasaki, but later on I did understand that there was devastation for a long period of time and there was no surrender, which I think was completely crazy. I mean, and that that baffles the hell out of me. Uh, eventually, even after the bombs, it was the 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 king, the emperor, actually that says and tells the Japanese people, "Now we surrender." Uh, only then did the generals uh, relent. Otherwise, everybody still wanted to be at war, which I think uh, comes to the the fact that the entire Jap Japan Japanese people thought of the emperor, and they still do, as almost divine. So it was fighting for God in a sense. So uh, I think it's all 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 crazily meshed in my head. History is meshed. Obviously, before my time, I think both of us weren't born then. But uh, the stuff that we've heard and the stuff that we've grown up hearing, uh, it's all folklore and some crazy crap, man. Uh, you know, deconstruction. It'd be really cool that you, if you deep dive into the Japanese part of the uh, history, because if there is something from a Japanese perspective that we all could learn about and hear about. Uh, it would be great. The unfortunate part again is Japanese have never been exporters of their language or even translation of the works that they do. Uh, and this I, I realized when I was in mobile communications. Uh, a lot of the stuff, and they they're far ahead of the rest of the world in terms of their mobile connectivity and and their technologies and stuff like that. But the rest of the world could not learn from the stuff that the Japs had already done probably about five to ten years before the rest of the world had caught up. So it'd be really, really interesting to know their perspective in terms of what they thought happened, how did it happen, was it right or wrong, you know, and I hope it's not too sanitized because I do believe that governments everywhere start to sanitize things based on the narrative. And uh, I'm, I'm a little pissed off about that because there's no real freedom in life without education. And uh, it seems to be very, very rampant across different countries. And therefore, uh, would really like to know once you actually delve into the culture and understand the period or even before. So, yeah, let's talk about it again, man. History is written by the victors. This is true. The history books are updated by the victors. That's what I think about that. That is also the sound of my second beer being cracked. Uh, just give me five minutes. I'm just getting some chakna, man. Sure thing, man. Happy to talk about Japan. It's, uh, as I said, it's, uh, it's my second home. Uh, India will always be my first uh, home. Yeah, it's where the heart... You can take the Indian out of India, but you can't take India out of the Indian. Mm -hmm. 
uh, at least in my case but um, yeah something very special about uh, japan as well it's uh, a really really special uh, culture with a dark history in yeah the modern history that you're talking about with the uh, last century and uh, the goings on of the second world war definitely a lot of uh, dark stuff in there having said that you know as one gets past the headlines what do you do realize about war is that there's no um there's no good versus bad it's all bad and uh, it brings out the worst in from every side and uh, you know there's stories and the stories and uh, it depends who's telling the stories i guess um uh, but yeah my take on it is that um, you know there's uh, there's no joy in it so uh, horrific stories from from every camp with war how's your second carlsberg going down al i hope it's going on as well as my my saporo uh this one is um as good as the first one if not even might be a little better remind me to tell you about the time i met a ghost of a samurai warrior shit man this permit room is so fucking noisy nuts al nuts i'm eating nuts i'm eating nuts uh to be more specific just in case anybody's uh, concerned these are peanuts hell how are those chutneyas hell you are doing a great injustice to me by telling me that you can go into any bloody store in the west midlands in bath in birmingham in manchester in liverpool and you can pick up indian snacks and you can get maggi noodles you're killing me al i think now the new name for great britain should be little india no dearth of indians also man bloody place is packed with desis now for sure no dearth of indians no dearth of indian stuff uh you know i'm at home it's semi home uh and yeah the infrastructure and everything goes with it so yeah pretty comfortable man this place specifically if you're a kind of guy that misses home which i do i do a lot so i'm kind of comfortable comfortable half comfortable uh and yeah enjoying it man covid to covid covid is the excuse at the moment so in a way i'm quite happy that covid happened not happy that it happened for the rest of the population the people dying and all that please sorry slightly <laughs> un unparliamentary uh, but uh, you know i'm happy with the fact that i happened to be in the uk when all flights were stopped and i didn't have a choice but to stay here and thank you very much i hope you all understand i what i meant earlier blah blah blah